This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, September 30th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Activists target foster farms and Newsom. Ag priorities at stake as fiscal year ends. USDA lays out climate initiative. Animal rights activists target Newsom's home, foster farms. An actor known for the 1990s show Baywatch joined a group of animal rights activists in obstructing a foster farm's processing plant in Livingston on Tuesday. On Wednesday, some of those same activists protested in front of Governor Newsom's residence and called for a moratorium on expanding factory farms, according to the Sacramento Bee. The group, called Direct Action Everywhere, said it uncovered animal cruelty and worker abuses at the foster farm's facility. At the protest, they took chickens from truck cages and from inside the plant before sheriff deputies made 11 arrests. At the gates of Newsom's home, five protesters locked themselves to each other as police blocked others from accessing the street. New law expands mobile slaughter operations. Producers raising goats, sheep, and swine will benefit from a bill signed into law this week that would ease restrictions for on-farm slaughter. The bill, sponsored by the California Farm Bureau, makes it easier to sell livestock at the farm where it's raised. According to the bill's author, Assemblymember Mark Levin of San Rafael, this creates a much-needed opportunity for craft ranching and butchery operations and will strengthen local food systems. The measure aims to reduce transportation, animal stress, and scheduling delays. Providing these small businesses with more flexibility through on-farm harvest is a more humane way to treat the animals and is better for our environment, said Levine. California creates fund for biosecurity research in ag. Newsom has signed a measure that seeks to bolster research into emerging infectious diseases related to agriculture. The hope is to head off viruses like COVID-19 before they jump to humans and lead to the next pandemic. Disease, pest, and other contaminants threaten the integrity, reliability, and sustainability of our food systems, which it left unchecked, threaten human health, explained Senator Melissa Hurtada of Sanger, the bill's author. The resulting fund will support research grants at various California state university campuses. The measure had initially proposed $700,000 for CDFA to allocate to CSU Fresno, but amendments later removed that, and the state has not designated any funding. USFS Chief Moore briefs Half Ag on wildfire concerns. Randy Moore, the new chief of the U.S. Forest Service, outlined his priorities yesterday for growing the federal firefighting workforce, snuffing out fires earlier, boosting forest management, and clearing debris for crucial water runoff in the West. America's forests are in a state of emergency, and it's time to treat them like one, said Moore in his opening remarks. This should be a call to action. Speaking to the House Ag Committee's Conservation and Forestry Subcommittee, Moore emphasized that wildfire prevention spending should be put on an equal footing to the amount of the nation's spending on fighting fires. 
He added that increasing the pay for federal firefighters, a move the Biden administration took in August, is just the start for strengthening the workforce. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Funding bill includes disaster aid and livestock marketing extension. The House and Senate are expected to approve a stopgap funding bill to keep the government open when the new fiscal year starts on Friday. House Appropriations Committee Chair Rosa DeLauro of Connecticut confirmed to reporters yesterday that the bill would include $30 billion in disaster aid, which should include assistance for farmers and ranchers. The senior Republican on the Senate Ag Committee, Arkansas Senator John Bozeman, said the bill will also include an extension of authority for the USDA's livestock price reporting system. USDA makes move on climate projects. U.S. Department of Agriculture will be taking public comment for the next month on the Biden administration's plan to fund large-scale projects aimed at helping farmers benefit from climate-based markets. In a notice being published today in the Federal Register, USDA notes that consumers are now showing a preference for commodities produced with climate-smart practices and that farmers also have an opportunity to start selling carbon offsets. USDA poses a series of questions it wants responses to, including how the projects would affect existing offset markets. Now take note, USDA isn't confirming that it will use its Commodity Credit Corporation spending authority to fund the projects, but the request for information was posted by CCC staff. Bozeman called for Senate Ag Committee hearings on the initiative, including the possible use of CCC funding. It is our responsibility as a committee to conduct oversight on USDA efforts. And the questions that surround this initiative are a prime example of why that authority exists, Bozeman said. Well, yesterday, the USDA announced it was also using CCC to provide $1.5 billion in assistance to agriculture for drought and supply chain disruptions and to prevent the spread of African swine fever. Another $1.5 billion is going to help schools with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Child Labor Report finds most kids work in ag. Seven of ten of child laborers worldwide work in agriculture, the Labor Department says in a new report. The department found that for the first time in decades, global progress against child labor has stalled and reversed direction. Argentina, Colombia, Costa Rica, Ecuador, Mexico, and Peru were the only countries to make significant advancement in addressing child labor abuses in 2020, says the report by the Bureau of International Labor Affairs. The number of child laborers increased from 152 million in 2016 to 160 million in 2020. Most of those kids work on family farms and in family enterprises, so it's critical to understand and address family reliance on children's labor in the absence of strong social protections and income support, the report says. Here's today's They Said It. The Valley's urban water utilities face serious challenges implementing SGMA, and many are behind the curve in planning for a future with more limited groundwater success. That Public Policy Institute of California researchers Andrew Ayers and Ellen Hannock in an op-ed for the Fresno Bee. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, September 30th. 
For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.